And the story took place um, some some time after Israel had left Egypt. Uh, they had left Egypt because uh, God had delivered them from, from 400 years of slavery. And here they were free. They were moving through the desert, and as they were going toward the promised land that God had intended them to go. Um, it's interesting, as, you know, as they traveled through, they encountered various uh, people groups and, and tribes and stuff who were threatened, who felt threatened by the Israelites as they were passing through. And um, so one, um, and th- this is kind of tied to their whole concept, the, the, the ancient concept of, of gods and lands and things, and, and uh, I, I believe it's the Amalekites, or I, it doesn't really matter, I suppose, but they, they were threatened, so they went and found themselves a prophet. And uh, this prophet, they hired him to come and curse uh, Israel. Well, and uh, fortunately the prophet was enough of, a, of an honest prophet that he, he says, look, I can only prophesy the things that God, that God gives me. And, um, and, so, and every time he got on, a, you might say, got alone with God to, to get some kind of a message from him, God would, would give Israel a blessing and not a curse. And so he went back, and, and, but for a few dollars, for a few gold shekels, he said, look, you know, I can't prophesy anything that, uh, uh, that God hasn't told me to prophesy, and God's telling me to prophesy blessings instead of curses, but I can tell you how to get God to turn against Israel. And they said, well, how? We've, we're all ears. Tell us how to do it. He says, you send in, uh, uh, you send in uh, uh, prostitutes. You send in your people so they would intermingle and intermarry, and there would be uh, sexual immorality. And because of that, uh, and God turned in his anger on. So it was kind of an interesting thing. So if we come to the question of why is, is purity or sexual purity important, uh, there's a variety of reasons, and uh, don't worry, parents, this is, this is, this is going to be kid-friendly. But, we've, we, you know, I preach, you know, sometimes I'll start a series, and this is where it takes us, okay? The next, the next, uh, the next event and we're in, the, in this series called Twisted, and that sounds kind of an, inter- that's an interesting, uh, you might say, moniker or a flag to wave, but it really represents a, a couple of things. One, I love you, sweetheart. <laughs> you know, it's this cool. We've got babies galore. I love that. And you know what? Babies make noise. You know, like, it's like, and uh, I mean, uh, most of us have a, 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 a 20 to 30 minute attention span. They don't have that at all. It's right now, right here, right now, or I'm, I'm crying. It's either wet, hungry, or what was it? I'm, I used to be, a, I, my children are 34 and 30, you know, so, so I, I don't remember all those things, but it was wet, sick, or hungry, or something like that, and, uh, um, or teething, I guess, yeah. Boy, do I have a story about that one, but I don't want to get us off. Okay. And uh, twisted. Okay. There's two or three things that, that I would share with, 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 about, with, with relationship to the whole concept of, 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 of the series. Is that number one is that, that we have a tendency to twist God's word. We have a tendency to uh, you know, interpret God's word in such a way 
in, in such a way that uh, we, have a, we have a tendency to interpret God's word in such a way that it suits us. That somehow it fits into our scheme of what we want to do. So we have a, t- have a tendency to twist God's word, all right? But, and the Israelites had done this. God had given them uh, a whole bunch of, of, of commandments. And you read, you read them uh, in Leviticus and De- Deuteronomy and, and, and it's touch not, taste not. Uh, he, and and he, he really starts it off with, I'm the Lord your God. You'll have no, one, no other gods before me. And then he launches into some kind of behavioral stuff. Some of it's religious, some of it's just behavioral stuff. Okay? And these were guidelines of life and how people were supposed to live. And you might say, he erected fences. How many know us, know, knows us that we, knows that we need fences? We need fences. We need, we, there you go. We need fences. We need things that, so, so we know uh, where, where, where's, where the safety zone is in our lives. Children desperately need fences. I, I could get off on that and, and, and just say, you know, parents, they don't really need friends. They need parents, and they need someone to show them where the fences are and, and keep them safe. And, and, and you can expect them to push against the fences. We all did it. We didn't just fall off the, the, the wagon yesterday. You did it. I did it, we did it, but we have, thankfully, hopefully, we had parents that said, okay, here are, the, here, are the, here are the markers, you step beyond that, pow. Or something else was going to happen, something unpleasant. And thereby, we learned the safety areas, and God created those for us. Now, the cool thing is that God was far more perceptive. Not only does he know in terms of safety, there's spiritual safety. He, God being the creator, creator, he knows us intimately. And, and he, he, he's created us with, with appetites and desires and loves. And every gift that he gives, uh, the potential of tw- twisting that and turning that into something that would, would curse us instead always is there kind of like in the ram waiting to happen, but based upon um, decisions that we make. Um, let me get to this. Why is uh, sexual purity so important? Let's, let's, let's go right to the passage. Uh, Matthew 5. Okay? Again, if we step back and, and we look at, at, look at where he's going with this, if we step back far enough, we recognize that he starts this, 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 this whole pattern, the pattern of teaching out with the, what we call the, the Beatitudes. Okay? And these were different. These were not touch not, taste not. He would say things like, uh, uh, blessed are the poor, for they shall inherit the earth. Okay? These are kinds of things that they had never heard before. And then he comes along and he, and he speaks this way. He says, you have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his, heart, in his heart. If your right eye makes you stumble, tear it out and throw it from you. For it's better for you to lose one of, uh, one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand makes you stumble, cut it off and throw it from you. For it's better for you to, to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Now, I mean, that's kind of a, a, that's a, that's a raw passage of Scripture, isn't it? I mean, that's talking about uh, uh, the, the kinds of behaviors. And, and, and wait a second, this seems really excessive. Some of the punishments or, or some. But I think there's some things that we can learn here 
You know? You say, well, pastor, why do you have to bring this up? Well, Jesus brought it up. You know, I'm not here to, I don't think it's for the purpose of, of beating anybody up here. I mean, there's, there's no one that's innocent of having, of have, innocent here, unless they're really, really young, of, having, of, of not having an immoral thought. Okay? No one. Okay? So let's, let's kind of lay that out right now and say, you know, uh, woe is me. I need, I need forgiveness. Woe is me. I think that, that at some point in our lives, whether it's, whether it's now or in the past, I don't know. We find ourselves in a place of, of where this passage of Scripture says you're guilty. Okay? Now, what's Jesus doing here, though? He says, you have heard it said, but I say to you. Huh? Now, the, the Israelites at the time would, would have a tendency to just kind of lay the laws out and then just kind of twist them. And, twi- and Jesus had a way of taking those, uh, those standards and getting to the heart of the, of the purpose and the heart of the issue. Okay? Because it's not so much what we do, but how many of us know that most things begin with our heart? I remember years ago as a young Marine, reading the scripture, it says, out of, the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, I can take that, and that kind of surprised me, that caught I understood that, because it begins here. Anything that, anything that ever does exist, or ever is created, somewhere begins in the mind and the heart of a person. Whether it's goodness, whether it's evil, whether, you know, Okay? Even, even inventions, anything, begins with a thought, begins with an idea. And so I could almost say it's not only, the, not only the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks, but it's out of the abundance of the heart that we live and create habits and do the things that we do. Okay? Well, we need a, we need a changed heart. That we understand that. We get that. But Jesus is going to the, you know, I suppose what was happening here... Uh, the, 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 Jewish, uh, the Jewish traditions or the, Jew, the Jewish teaching along these lines had taken this passage of Scripture and had says, okay, uh, uh, adultery is this. And Jesus said, it's way more than that. It's, and they would say, it's an act. And they're teaching now, and we see this throughout, uh, I'm, I'm just going to digress a little bit, we see this throughout uh, the, 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 the Middle East today. That Jewish teaching at the time, like their, their, their ancillary teaching, would, would put lust and everything back on the back of the lady. You know, hence we have burkas and, and things that cover up and stuff like that. And, 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 and so, you know, if, if someone lusted, uh, if someone lusted uh, it was because uh, you dressed inappropriately. See? Kind of put it back. And Jesus put it back on the man here, didn't he? Look at that. So, so we see that kind of thinking even today. And I, I'm not saying that, uh, that there isn't some validity to how we dress and how we present ourselves. I, I mean, ladies and, and gentlemen, I know that a school has just begun. And you went to Kmart, you went to Walmart, you went to JCPenney's or wherever you could afford the, the school clothes. And you're thinking, you know, you know the, the styles that I'm trying to dress my children, there's just nothing here except Britney Spears stuff. Yeah? I mean, I just want to cover her belly button. And I can't find anything that does it. 
You know, you know, it's just like, I mean, you're going through rack after rack after rack. Okay? I mean, so I know the challenge that I raised two, two, two daughters and, and Valley would come home, you know, after trying to find clothes for children who are growing that, that, that you could afford, but didn't, you know, I said, you know, weren't doing Lady Gaga. Or, or whatever. <laughs> this is the early 80s. We didn't have that there. But we had something. I don't know. Okay? So we get that. We understand that. Okay? So. But in this passage of Scripture, let me, uh, let me do some adjustments on this little, little iPad here. But in, this, um, in, in, in the context of this passage, uh, Jesus was dealing with the, is, is the, the, the Jewish man. He really was. Although there are some, and, and we're going to talk about this. I mean, we're not going to just talk about what he taught Jewish men. And we say, well, that, well, that doesn't apply to us. The principles are universal. Principles are universal. Now, um, brother gave me an answer to the question I thought was terrific. That purity was important because God doesn't live in an unclean vessel. Yeah, you know, it's, I know that there's more to it than that. Purity is important. You've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery, but I say to everyone who looks on a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in her heart. Now, the next part of the passage is kind of, it's really raw. He says, okay, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. I think, my hunch is, he was speaking... Less than literally. But there's something there that's really important that we ought to catch. We ought to catch. Now, before I get into that, I would say sex has always been a big deal. Okay? It is a big deal. Uh, and like I said, don't worry, parents, in spite of the subject, this is going to be kids safe. I hope it's all. Have I blown anybody out yet? I hope not. I mean, because the truth is, is you might think your kids don't know, and, and the, the real little ones are downstairs. Uh, or they're in mama's laps, and they, they don't know what's going on anyway. But, uh, but the rest of them are living in, our, in, in a culture that's, that's saturated with immorality. Uh, we re- they're living there. They're watching it. They're seeing it. They're hearing it. I mean, and if you don't think that that's true, and you say, well, the little boys are, you know, just like, like no, no, no. Hey, a lot, of, a, lot of the, a lot of kids don't realize, don't remember that they friended their pastor on Facebook. They don't remember. So when they, when they post a, a video of someone twerking, and I see it, I said, oh, man. So they're, they're hearing it, seeing it, probably playing with it. I'm thinking, dear Lord, we've got work to do, saints, in our own house, in our own house. All right. It's always been a big deal. And I think sex is a big deal to God for a couple of reasons, maybe more than this. But these are the things that have always occurred to me. Uh, It seems to be the one place in our lives where God allows us to step into his creative role. Catch that? Where we create life. Where we participate with him in the creation of something incredible. 
Yeah? I'm looking around. I see babies. I see children. I said, wow, wow. I mean, we're, we got a whole bunch of them back here. There's, there's, a, there's a baby cluster back here. I love it. I love it. You know? And it's, it's why that little nursery wasn't big enough and why we have a nursery downstairs. And, and, and you know, and it's important that, let me get a commercial. We probably need help down there. Okay. All right. Enough from that. Uh, uh, stepping away from the commercial. All right. Uh, and, um, but, but sexuality is, is a gift. It's a gift. It's a blessing. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful gift. But like every other gift, it's right place, right time. Fences. Yeah? Fences. That's why I named this thing Broken Fences. Because we break them down, don't we? We get outside of God's box. We get outside of his blessing. And outside of that box is, is outside of God's blessing. Can I say it that way? Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, number one, the reason it's a big deal, uh, sex is a big deal with God is because um, it's, it's, it's the one place where we are invited in to the creative activity of God. Yeah? Some people say, well, I'm, I'm creative. I make art. This is different. This is different. And I can, I can take a piece of art and put it in my back room. That's pretty cool. But the things that God, the, 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 the ones that God allowed me to create, be, be involved in the creative process, I talk to. She has a face. She has a name. You know? By the way, they're in Estonia and, and we're Skyping. I think that's so great. That's so great. They can tell me face up that they need money now. It's not just on the phone. <laughs> it's not on the phone. I can see it in her eyes. Oh. <laughs> money, Dad. Now, I'm teasing because they haven't asked for any. It's coming. I know it's coming. And we expect it. We're going to budget for that. So it's all right. The other place, the other reason, and, and this touches on some of the things that I've talked about and in earlier passages where, where you remember the ten virgins and, and the whole idea of, of, of the Jewish wedding and, and Jesus, uh, the bridegroom, and the church is the, is the, is the, is the, is the, is the bride. And you see this even here. He says that, that uh, sexuality represents intimacy, obviously. But an intimacy very near in many respects to our intimacy with God. Okay? And, and uh, remember when he says, you'll have no other gods before me? No other gods before me? Yeah. There's a pattern here. That intimacy. He allows us to have intimacy. Yet it's supposed to be a contained intimacy. Not only in physical terms, but in, in heart terms. And you know, the truth is, is we've all failed. Boom. We've all failed. All failed. All failed. You know, I, and, and the reason I know we've all failed, it's not because everybody's told me. <laughs> Some people keep that stuff pretty close to the chest, okay? And I understand that. But some of the braver people who are really struggling with their, their walk with God will come and make themselves accountable to me. Children. 
and BGM, Boys and Girls Missionary stuff downstairs. Love it. But they've come and they've made themselves accountable to me because they've got to the place that says, look, this is, this, I want to serve God. I want to serve God. So I know. And it's not, it's not, a, it's not you know, it, this is about wrestling with sin and wrestling and winning. Okay? And, and, and when I say not only winning and having victory, it's, there, there's another dimension of victory here that doesn't involve just simply overcoming. The other dimension is simply God's grace and forgiveness. Those are your birthrights as believers. The presence and the power of the Holy Spirit and the, and the, and the strength and the, and, the, and the community of believers who simply love you and hold on to you and push you in that direction and, and you allow yourself to be accountable to them. And then grace when we fall. Forgiveness when we fall. Acceptance when we fall and repent. Does that make sense? The Bible says a whole lot about sex, marriage, intimacy. I mean, I can just hit a couple of passages. Uh, I don't want to read them all. I don't even read a lot of them. But Hebrews, he said, let the marriage be held in honor. This 13th chapter, among all, let the marriage bed be undefiled. 1 Corinthians, the 7th chapter. He says, uh, he says it's good for a man to... It's good, it's, it's good for a man uh, not to have uh, sexual relations with a woman, but because of the temptation of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and each woman have her own husband, etc., etc. Colossians, husband, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Ephesians 5, uh, submit to your own husbands and all of these things. And Proverbs, let the fountain be so blessed. Rejoice with the wife of your, your, your youth. First, it, I could go on and on. Okay? And remember, as I said earlier, it wasn't me who brought up the subject. He did. Jesus did. Okay? And, and you know, not only, not only is, it, is it in the New Testament, in the Old Testament. Truth is, sex or problems with sex is, is as old as humanity. Okay? Uh, it's a strong appetite, isn't it? Strong appetite. And, the old, and some of the Old Testament representations where people of God, people who love God, uh, failed Abraham. Well, his wife said, you know, I'm not having any children. I mean, here's my maid. Maybe she can raise it. And, you know, he didn't object that much. <laughs> he should have because God had a different plan. And, 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 and we're still dealing with that. With that one decision, we're still dealing with it. The consequences of that one decision. Lot, you know, he made some bad choices. Ended up having relations with his kids. Okay. He said, Pastor, we could have passed on that one. David. David. Yeah. I mean, God says, here's a man after my own heart. And he's up on top of his roof, window peeking. And we know where that led. Okay. You know, so this is, this is a challenge. Samson, we, I mean, let's talk, we can talk about Samson. This, I mean, these were guys who were so blessed of God, but, but man, they had a, had a, you know, they just kept messing up in this area, okay? Solomon, I mean, 
<laughs> he prayed and fire fell from heaven. And God said, because you've not asked for victory over all your enemies, and you've asked for wisdom, he says, I'm going to give everything to you. Then he promptly went out and, and created this, this, this massive harem. Before you know it, he was so backslid, and he set the tone of backsliding in Israel for the next two or three centuries. God creates fences for us, not to mess up our deal, but to bless us. But to bless us. And in truth, our, our culture is saturated. And I, I mentioned this before, social media. I mean, we, set, we, we, use, we use sex to, to sell everything. I'm amazed. I mean, they're probably even using it to sell toilet paper. <laughs> everything. Unrelated things. Unrelated things. To get people's attention. From the minor stuff to all the way to the heavy stuff. And, you know, I remember... And, I mean, we're, we're a little bit like lobsters that have been placed in a cool place and, and the heat's being slowly turned up. We didn't know, you don't notice it. You don't notice it when it happens by degree. I remember uh, we went to Italy for three years. The Navy sent us to Italy for three years. And, and while we were over there, and I, I mentioned this, I've told some of this story before. While we were over there, TV was like non-existent. We had a television, Italian channels. We didn't understand any of that. We didn't uh, not only do we not understand the, the language, the culture, you know, some, some shows are basically represent, if you don't get it, you don't get it, okay? And so we didn't get it, and so we didn't watch TV. And there was one American channel, and that was, with the, you know, not a big deal. So we didn't see it. Three years, we come back, and we turn the TV on in the hotel, and say, it had changed that much in three years. But when you're there day in, day out, there. God wants us to be pure and holy. Now we struggle with, we, we struggle with sin. We all do. We struggle with stuff. But here's what I, and, I, and again, what, as your pastor, what, what, what do I want to, I want to share with you some things. Let me, let me back away before I get there and talk about our culture. Are we okay? Whoa, I'm running out of time. Um, Corinth. Okay. No. Our culture is saturated. Our culture is saturated. The, 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 the stuff that we watch, the stuff that we see, the stuff that we hear is filthy. It really is. It really is. And it compromises us. It compromises us. Do you know that, you know, it's like any nutritionist now, and you're saying, well, where are you going with this, Pastor? Any nutritionist will tell you you are what you eat, right? And you look at me and say, you must eat a lot of potatoes, Pastor. <laughs> Not really, but, but you, know, you get the concept, and your mind and your heart is the same. We are what we eat. We are affected. We will not remain unaffected. I, I remember somebody says, I can't unsee that. There are some things, there are some things that we see and we can't unremember, we can't unsee. God has created us in such a way that, 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 that we have a great memory and we can play over in our mind and in our heart the things that we've seen and experienced. And 
it affects how we are. It affects who we become. Now, the appetites are the same as they were in David's day, Abraham's day. And uh, some of the things that took place there take place now. The delivery systems of smut have changed. Okay? And they're in every home. And look at, let me take us back to the passage that, you know, I understand, I understand the concept. First of all, the concept. If I, if I look upon a person to lust, I'm guilty. It's kind of like if I, earlier, uh, earlier passage was, if I, if I hate my brother without cause, I've committed murder. Okay, you get the, get the picture. This is where Jesus is taking us with these things. He's telling us that this is purity. Now, the, the, the interesting thing is we can come to the place where we say, well, you know, I'm, I can't do this. How can I live in such a way? The truth is we can't, but two things. God gives us the capacity to stand in victory over these things. And then those, those places where we fall, he forgives, and we stand anyway. We're singing that song. We know who's got our front. We know who's got our back. We're walking with God. Okay? So here, you know, we lay out the sin. We, we, we lay out the, the, the existence of our guilt. Here's an interesting thing. And he follows this, follows this thing up uh, about the heart. And if, you, if you've thought about it in your heart, you're guilty. He's, and, then he says, and he says this. If, you're, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your right hand or your hand causes you to, to, to err, cut it off. Now, I already told you that that's probably, I mean, that's, that's, that's obviously not a literal. We, we shouldn't take that literal. But what he's trying to say here, the remedy, the remedy in, in, in so many cases here when it comes to immorality is simply, if, if you're serious, if you and I are serious about God, if we're serious about purity, if we're serious about holiness, he says cut it off. Okay? What does that mean? Yeah? Without getting into to, to, to many kinds of details, I remember, I remember... I've dealt with, 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 with some folks with, with regard to pornography. Men, men have, can I do this? Men, men have a hard time with, with, with pornography, okay? You know, because uh, connect, they connect sexually with what they see. Now, that doesn't leave the women out. They connect sexually with what they hear and feel, okay? That's why I always say, you know, romance books are just porn for women. Ooh. Am I wrong? So, so what's the point? I'm not here to bust anybody down, but simply to, to roll, the rock under, roll the rock away and say, okay, this is under it, let's deal with it. Deal with it. Cut it off. I remember I had a young man... Um, you don't know him, and he worked for me, and uh, you don't know him, and uh, I caught him uh, surfing. Uh, now, many places they just fire you. Well, I understand what the deal is. So what I do, I took his computer away from him. But I need my computer to do it. It's so serious you have to pluck it out. 
is so serious that we have to cut it off. And in fact, what Jesus was saying, look, if it causes you to sin, cut it off because it's better that you enter into, into the kingdom of God a little maimed than to, than to find yourself in hell. Sometimes, and I would say always, in order to run to flee from the things that will destroy us and destroy and corrupt our purity, our sense of purity, some, some things have to die, some things have to be cut off. Things that we love. Okay? Things that we love, things that we, that we enjoy. Okay? Does that make sense? Folks, guys, if you have problems with pornography... Take the, take the computer. There's, there's two options. The most drastic, and, and I think Jesus is saying, take the computer, give it a heave-ho. Put it outside your capacity to touch it. The same thing with, with the various dimensions of anything. Ladies would, would be the same thing. Get rid of it. Cut it off. He says, if it causes you to sin, cut it off. Okay? So the other, the other way, you might say a backup for that, not as drastic is, is that, and, and this is when, when I gave the computer back, I said, look, that screen needs to be facing an open door all the time. And you and I, and we have this relationship in our office, and, and it's been here. I said, okay, uh, you have the right to walk in and say, let me look at your computer anytime. It's accountability. Give that to your wife. Give that to your husband. Yeah. For, for guys, it was pornography. Years ago, it was, for women, it was chat rooms. Okay? Chat rooms. I don't know if that's, any, if that's a big deal anymore. Changed. Okay? So what are, we, what are we after here? Okay? Cut it off. Salvation grace. We want to be able to live guilt-free, don't we? We want to, live, we want to be able to live guilt-free. Jesus has laid it out. He says, even if you think about it in your heart, you're guilty. Okay? Someone said, well, I might as well do it then. No, that's not the, that's not the extrapolation that we want to take. God has, has called you his own. These things enslave and destroy lives. Now, we've all tasted and touched somewhere at some point. So there's no one innocent. No one innocent. And that's okay. That's okay. Because God's grace is enough. God's forgiveness is enough. He provides the power of the Holy Spirit and the church. Now, that's one of the reasons why if you're out there by yourself doing your own thing, you're, not gonna, you, you're more likely not to be able to stand. If you're close, you're not accountable to somebody else that you can trust then you're not going to be able to stand. If you don't have someone in your life who can ask you the hard questions and pray with you and not judge you, but pray with you and, 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 and bring you and help you bring, come to a place of forgiveness and peace and, and strength, you're in trouble. Look around. Uh, it may not be, maybe you're a part of a small group and you have somebody there that you can talk to, that you can confide in. It's powerful. The scripture says, confess your sins to one another okay, so that you may be healed. 
See, God's purpose is not to, you know, hell was never meant for us. Heaven was always meant for us. And his, in our healing, our, our purity, our cleanliness, that's, that's, that's God's gift to you. See? Okay, again, I'm not here to bust anybody who's had a bad week and has failed this week. God knows. God loves. God forgives. And we're in this together, aren't we? Buddy? Anyway, stand with me. Let's worship. Let's worship. This is not the kind, you know, typically I'm not going to ask, say, I, I want to I uh, open this altar for anyone who wants to pray. And, uh, but I understand, you know, this is kind of a, a real sensitive, touchy, touchy thing, you know. And these are private things. God knows. Talk to Him. Talk to Him. Speak to Him. Talk to Him. Let's worship. Amen. Jesus is in the center, not only of it all, but in the center of your life. Amen.